1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Thoughts I don't know on what you losers are gonna teal do. Teal season. What are you? I won the white 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 Lake Conservation Area raffle for Louisiana. You're going down Louisiana in Shia. this month. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. in a couple weeks? Yeah, September 13th is my hunt. Oh, it's September, not, yeah. not August. I thought most teal hunts were... I uh, was putzing around online, and I saw, like, oh, did you know that these lottery hunts are being offered by the Louisiana Fish and Wildlife Service or DNR? I was like, well, what is this? And unlike the emperor goose tag that I had to pay an exorbitant fee to get rejected... <laughs> um, you haven't got rejected yet, or have you? It's five bucks, and I won. And I guess some people reached out to me, too, and said... Uh, Hey, I know a guy who's been trying to get that for five years. Wow. And uh, hasn't got it yet. He's a resident. I'm like, nice. nice. <laughs> but teal hunting is sick. Um, I got my beak wet a little bit in Mexico that uh, one time. see what you did there. Oh, yeah. I did. But it would be a bill. Ducks have bills, not beaks. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, what's the difference? Uh, I don't know. I got, I, I got no exact science to give you on that. Let's talk about substance Because a duck, because <laughs> a, a duck, a duck beaked platypus just sounds weird. So what's the uh, what's the subject line on this one, eh? Teal hunt, like what? What like your th- obviously you're pro, but should we have a teal hunt in Minnesota? Yeah, absolutely. Why shouldn't we? I mean, they have one in in uh, Wisconsin, and we've actually thrown the idea around my little group here. Like maybe we should do that. 
and Iowa. Because of, and you know, also early goose season. So early goose in Wisconsin actually opens up on the first, not the first Saturday of September, but a lot of states are like September that. September first. So we might take a day off and go do that. But we also thought maybe we should just go teal hunting in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have the, the right area. But man, uh, teal hunting is fun. It is so much fun. And I only signed up to do that too because Brooke Richard told me he's from Louisiana. He's like, um, you know, not every year the big wads of teal are in your area, but when they are. There's more teal. I'm, I'm not kidding you. He said, there's more teal than mosquitoes. And I was like, what? What, what does that mean? He goes, there's a fucking shitload of mosquitoes. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. He's like, it's like, it's it means like, there's a lot. He's like, that. this is what duck hunting is like about is the teal season. When they're, because they move in these big old wads, especially that time yeah, of year. Yeah. I hit a big old wad of blue wingers out in August in uh, North Dakota moving through. It was like breathtaking. The it, way they fly is a little it's different than a lot of the ducks like they do move in a group like more of a murmur yeah yeah you're right you're right about that like um that's what us in mexico what they would fly of, over that's us that's what a flock of uh starlings is called I wonder a, how much corn they put in the water <laughs> but yeah they kind of move like that they all kind of move the same they're cool man they are cool that's why you can shoot six in one shot because they'll they bunch up yeah like that yeah and, yeah that's, and they're so small everybody's like, got a story about that a lot can fit in one pattern, one well-placed shot, and they just happen to dip at yeah. the right time. Boom, there's your limit. You're like, whoa. And there's some and really cool, done. There's some cool <laughs> GPS stuff on those suckers, like just going from Cuba oh, to the Bahamas yeah, to Mexico, like from September 1 until June 1. They don't even go back to like some of the last ones back on the um, prairies to breed. They're just partying it up. Yeah, the last to get there, and they're like the first to leave. Yep. Like, they yep. ain't, they ain't fucking around no no fuck this canada i mean they actually do fuck around they get there they fuck around then they leave yeah (laughs) dude we would spit them eggs out hatch them i'm out but yeah i know that that on uh, instagram that plank the bander that i follow everybody should follow look him up he's pretty cool i'm gonna get him on here eventually um but he had one of those tracking studies of a blue wing teal that nested in like alaska when all the like wintered you know Jamaica was in Florida for a while. Went to Jamaica. Went all the way to like Guyana. Was uh-huh. hanging out in Guyana, and then like for no apparent reason, just went back to Jamaica for a couple of weeks. Like he's just moving around. Like during the winter, he's like, "Hey, where you want to go? I'm getting kind of sick of this place. I heard Jamaica's nice this time of year. Yeah, fuck it, let's go." I mean, it's like, why are they making these moves for no reason? Like they run out of food in Guyana, and they're like, "Yeah, let's make let's make a thousand mile journey to fucking Jamaica." They have to know something, dude. Like, I don't know how birds know anything. They got to know something. Like, I don't know what they're keying in on, but. I think they have senses that we don't know like, exist. How often is that blue winged teal? He's making, he's making a trek, he, she, or whatever. He's making a trek from Alaska going <laughs> on the other hemisphere and then, like, trading back and forth. I bet they never stay in one spot very often, like. Does a teal stay in the same spot more than two days at a time? <laughs> like, they just seem to be – they're, they're jet setters, dude. I'm Googling it. Blue wing teal <laughs> studies here. Get up on Google Scholar. It's crazy. But I like how the green the green wingers, like, usually come through later. And you always yeah, yeah, get they, those people report, like, hey, this teal must be lost. It's the last weekend of Minnesota duck season, and we shot these green wingers. No, dude, they're just now coming green down. green wingers down there in Mexico, too. I wonder what they're yeah. – and you know what – it's Ooh. probably similar to like those mallards you were talking there's about earlier. Three, where there's three three types of blue wing ducks. Like you got the blue wing teal, and you've got cinnamon teal, and you've oh, got shovelers. shovelers. Yeah. yeah, and all the shovelers are down there in Mexico too. Yeah. Not all of them, but I mean, a good amount of them. I wonder what's up with that. Like, yeah, what's up with the blue? Well, what's up with the blue? Yeah, 
I like it. It's very identifiable the when they're the like. Uh, I bet uh, a, cin- into a cinnamon teal's got to be super confusing for gang members. <sighs> Blue and There's red. Not very many of them. <laughs> I do it. I would love to go gang, to Mexico and, and do the 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 trifecta. I mean, that'd be sweet. That'd be a sweet mount. Dude. It just was. Uh, it's so cool to to hunt that landscape. It really is. There was. a place where I can go and hunt and not only get the trifecta, but possibly get a bonus like silver teal from south america like is there a place in central america where there's a little overlap yeah that's a good question dude probably in those like if you look at some of those river um river valleys and that run through Colombia, i think like oh yeah they're they're that would be a teal hunt i got a little google earth out uh doing that one (laughs) night too it's like where are all those ducks and they're like they're in this river valley i'm like Holy shit! And I mean, it is rural, like rural. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. It would be cool, man. I I just wonder about all the opportunities that people don't know about, or you know, like same with like the Europe stuff and going to the Baltic states, yeah, or Africa, all that. Like, there's a spot somewhere that you could just oh Indonesia. I mean, also, I mean, there's like all the islands out there that are like super remote. You know, there's some crazy ass duck species down there that you could, you could whack at. Dude, it, what waterfall hunting is there in Asia? Well, Russia's in Asia. And there's all sorts of it. Yeah, man, you know, I wasn't talking about Russia though. <laughs> yeah, still, you mean like China? Yeah, Qingchang. Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mongolia does duck hunting. I know that. I, they they got, probably do in China. Um, but them fuckers eat everything, so they probably yeah. isn't a live one to be seen. I, I just wonder because you never dude. see. I know Japan, you can't hunt. Really? Yeah, because they are shit stacked with like um, white fronts. Hmm. I wonder why they don't offer hunts there because you can't have guns. Maybe uh, I was banned in like the seventies or something. Probably. Hmm. Different culture. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Too hard to hit with a samurai sword, I guess. Possibly. God, yeah. we are. Oh, this has turned into quite Jeez. the racist podcast. Ah. Dude, that Harlequin study, though, this Dude. was from a different Ooh, we're going episode. back to that. All right, sweet. <laughs> Flashback. Okay. <laughs> Take it back. The Drake's got implanted uh, GPS transmitters, and the hen's got tarsal bands with geolocators on it. Imagine shooting, like, a geolocator tarsal band off a Harlequin duck. That'd be badass. That would be so badass. That would be dope. God, that'd be cool. God, I want to shoot a Harlequin so bad. That would be sweet. I mean, I would just like to do a, an Alaskan sea dunk hunt. I think that'd be cool, too. Lesser known thing, this could be, we could touch on this in a separate um, episode, too. Why not this one? Is that if you want sea ducks, you don't have to go to Alaska. Lake Michigan, bro. There's a few outfitters that specialize in it. You can get your long-tailed ducks there, scoters. Yeah, I was all just your dicking around trying there. to see what I could find uh, Breadheads, the other night. cans out there. I was checking out surf scoters on the Great Lakes, seeing what kind of evidence is out there. And I was checking out uh, King Eiders on the Great Lakes, too, seeing what was out there. Not much. Not much. No. Not much for Eiders there. I know they get some lost ones. And like I said, some surfs get lost, but lots of white wings. The white wingers breed in northern Minnesota. They're on like the very southern edge of their breeding range. Really? Yeah. So Pelican Lake in Orm, Minnesota, which... Everybody on my podcast is so tired of me mentioning, but um, you, you'll see them up there. You just go fishing in the summer. You'll see a you'll see a hen scoter with a bunch of babies. Golden eyes everywhere too. I mean, there's so many golden eyes. It's been a, it's going to be a good year for golden eyes. A lot so? of golden eye babies. Dude, I've this never year. shot a golden eye. Lots of them. I've only shot one Drake and a 
couple hens, I think. I haven't shot many of them. I'm not much into cold water hunting, though. Well, we talk about it every year, and then every year we don't. You know what would be a cool thing to like do? Like, specifically go out and try to shoot them. Dude, the, like, um, you know, like, the cold the cold weather boats people build, like, that are basically pit blinds that are floating? Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. And every year, like, at Christmas time, you just take off, like, two weeks, and you take that bitch somewhere cool. Like, Relax. You don't have to go that far. Do you know how many goldies are on the lax? Oh, dude, there's just so much like public land that like the river systems out west and um, just all over. There is so much like exploration you could do in a tank, but it, you'd have to have a breakfast cooker and a bunch of heaters. Well, this in there. this you probably even know this because you're not a fisherman, but Seth Fighter, he's a pro fisherman from uh, Minnesota, bass fisherman. But when his season is done, he goes and he goes to Idaho and shoots goldies out there. Oh really? Yeah, and he just like full limits of gold. And he's out there, and they get, I think he shoots barrels out there too. Yeah, there's some barrels out there. They have commons and barrels. I saw a barrel in um, South Dakota in the spring. It's amazing how you could just you can when you see one, you're like, oh shit, that's a barrels. Like they look different different than a common. You're so used to seeing. I think the good thing or the why it works is I know what a common looks like. I've seen them. You see them in the spring. You see them, you know, whatever. You, you, we see them in Minnesota. They're not rare. So you know what one looks like. And all of a sudden you see one, you see a golden eye, but you're like, wait, that one looks different. Oh, uh, yeah. And then yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, shit, that's a barrel. It's like their head shape is different. The white marks on their wings are different. Like when you see one, if you know what you're looking for anyways, I you made, see one. <clears throat> I made my best ever shot on a duck in my life in Saskatchewan this year on a buffle head. You last know how they year? just come, yeah, last year, 2019. <laughs> um, you know how they just come screaming across a pond like they're going one end to the other yeah. as fast as they can. Yeah. Well, these ones had like a 20 mile an hour tailwind, Ooh. and I was like, every once in a while, like, there was ducks everywhere. Like we paddled our asses into some stupid pond and had like 10 acres of canvas backs on it and plus 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 everything, and uh, I was just. All of a sudden, keyed in on these golden eyes. I keep it, or not golden eyes, uh, buffalo eyes, just coming from the, our backside. And I, I seen one. I was like, I'm gonna try that shot right there. Bang! I was leading like 35 yards, probably, like missing. Holy shit! Missing, yeah. and I fucking connected with one. Wow. I was like, so, I don't know how the fuck I did it. Like, like they were just coming so did fast. You just I skipped. Whack, <laughs> dude! He flew for like another oh, 150 wow. yards. Like I shot him behind me, and he's like, <laughs> still flying with the wind at his back and stuff. Yeah. I was like. There is no way I hit that duck. Like, I don't know how – I couldn't tell you. That was awesome, man. Yeah. that's. I got got my frostbite on that hunt. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Fucked for dude, life. Dude, there's, some, there's something just fun about them little butterballs. That, something the, fun the about they, pass shooting too, isn't there? They're so reckless. I think it's like they're easy. Like, they they, they readily decoy. They fly in pretty fast, though, so you kind of – and they, they do that little dip and dive kind of thing, too. Did you just literally just – Toss the cigarette butt in your floor. That's hilarious. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'll get it later. Might have landed on that carpet, actually. It's on fire. Going to burn the house down. No, we're good. All right, sweet. We don't have to rush out. What are you looking up right now? I was looking up uh, some GPS data for uh, the Harleys. BWTs. Oh, BW- oh, that's right. We started talking about teal season. So what do you think it would take to get a teal season in Minnesota? What, who do we got Who do we got to convince? I don't know. Um I don't know if it's just kind of because the goose hunters not wanting it's to. It's usually the goose hunters that bitch about it the most. Is it? I don't because you're shooting like you're shooting water. You're busting the roosts. That whole thing again. <clears throat> I don't know. 
it seems like most hunters are not informed if that it's not going to ruin your duck season, you know, or your goose season, or your goose season. Um, they've got a loud voice. Their their complaints are are aired out. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't know why people, shoot, people still shoot um, plenty of early season geese in Wisconsin, and they have a teal hunt. So the, the argument is, it just doesn't hold water. It doesn't. Um, does that matter? No, if the argument holds water or not, no. If you and just keep, DNR if you just to, keep screaming, you just the DNR you know. is supposed to like, um, you know. I guess I get that. I guess that's the thing. the The voice for teal season isn't loud louder than the, the voice. Yeah, against probably. It, I guess. Probably like why why aren't we fighting for a teal season? You know. Um, I think I think there probably is more goose hunters. I think there's more diehard goose hunters than there are diehard duck hunters in the state. Man, teal hunting is fun though. It is fun. It is a and lot just having of fun. other, uh, just having options. I mean, I think it's that's the one thing I like about waterfall hunting in general is the diversity. Me too. Different things to shoot, different kinds of ducks you get to to bag, like different landscapes too. I don't understand people like Joe that are just Canada goose purists. I like Canada geese, but I'm, I do too. But I I'm like not to go like, for different subspecies yeah, too. And like different. he like doesn't give a shit about snow geese anymore. Like he's just oh, like yeah. all he wants to do is honkers, honkers, honkers. That's all he gives a shit. about. I would care about. I don't know, dude. That snow goose stuff is. I love snow goose hunting. I just love it, and it. I love it too, but uh, I'm not so much into the like chasing the feeds around. No, I'm I'm not about chasing. I'm pretty feeds. content just sitting on a nice hillside and. Um, I'm fine with running traffic. Dude, if you get some good migrator hunts on snow geese, too, you could fuck them up. I it, know there's a group the, in, like, just, Iowa that does, like, 240 averages out of a I think it's the, it's the heart. It's, like, the challenge of it. And then when it finally does work, it's just so rewarding. And when they do it dirty, god damn it. The mines do, do it so dirty. Once they decide they're going to do it, it oh. It's, like, it's, it, the only thing it reminds me of is, like, Hunting giant Canada geese yeah. when they're migrating, they and just you, they just do it. But snows love to get tipsy, like they yeah. really they put on I a mean, good show. Oh my god! And they come into like ten yards, and you're used to like calling the shot at like sixty, hoping right. the guys get right. one or two. Nope, not the migrators, man. Oh, when they want to do it, man, it's like and they're on a nice day too with the sun hitting them. Yeah, and you're just kind of like relaxed and like this. <laughs> you already got like 30, 35 on the ground. You're like, this is. Fun. Yeah, it's so much fun, dude. When they want to, when they want to drop altitude, they don't fuck off. I mean, they just give me a fifty bird just migrator it, day on snows God. over a two hundred bird like sketchy X field full of mud. You know, <laughs> yeah. any it's, day. It's so fun, dude. It's so much fun, and I, just the numbers too. I mean, that's the it's the show in the spring. Like that's what's like different than like fall honker hunting. I love fall hunker hunting, don't get me wrong, but you're seeing, you know, what's a great day? Uh, a few hundred honkers, oh, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's a good day in the spring for snows? Tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand. Some guy was just telling me about his <laughs> snow goose hunting uh, strategy that he said was working really well for him. I probably shouldn't say it on air, but... Um, yeah, you should. It involved... Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he had some, uh, like, he said like 10 dozen... Or thirteen dozen floaters, no uh, no land decoys whatsoever, and he's. We've talked about it. It's been it's yeah, been theorized, but I, I I'm skeptical that it's working that good. But I mean, if he says so, I, I don't know why he's he would be lying. But listen, it's it kind of goes to that like pressure trends, like just decoy trends, and you know 
also layouts or whatever. Like mm -hmm. as you, birds you, adapt you, to one thing, you got to kind of keep changing. How many hunters are doing that? Very few. And that's maybe part of it. And he said something about the field decoy is not. Uh, and how much different is it than like when you do your honker, you're doing super realistic Dave Smith decoys, you're using eight of them. And it's your good calling that's bringing them in. Now, in the spring, you're running actual tracks of live geese over a couple floaters in a water. You know, they're – who else is doing that? Like, why would uh, – that makes sense to me. Like, I believe that would actually bring geese in. Like, why wouldn't it? I mean, the first geese to decide to go to a body of water, like, they're not waiting for uh, – there has to be a first flock. A flock of birds, whether they're going to water or going to a field. They land there for some reason. Yeah, they just picked it for some reason. So there doesn't have to be 5,000 <laughs> live birds in a field for a flock to decide to land, in, whether it's water or field. In some ways, that almost takes away from the realism because you can't really look like that many birds realistically. Yeah. It'd be tough. Right. I mean, yeah, it'd be tough. It'd take a week and an army of people to put out 10,000 or uh, 30,000 decoys. And then how do you get them to where you can actually shoot them? I mean, you're covering a full acre of land or water with just decoys. Right. We've also talked, like, what if you had, like, what if you basically whited out an entire pond with just floaters? Like, I mean, you would, you would need a semi-truck to haul all the decoys, and it would take a month of Sundays to set the spread. But talk about something they've never seen. I mean... Yeah, they'd never seen that shit. Why wouldn't they? I mean, it would just look like a refuge, you know? There's no way you could match the sound. I don't think you could get speakers loud enough. It's crazy when you go to, like, a huge roost somewhere that's holding, you know, half a million. It's like the sound. You can hear it for miles. Yeah. It's crazy. And when they actually get up and fly, like, when they, you know how snow geese just get up, they do a big circle and they put back down. Some spin off, but most of them get back down or whatever. I always... I'm always amazed by I hear their wing beats before mm -hmm. you hear their calls. Like you just. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an explosion. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. It was crazy when I was out in uh, Cali about those birds just pretty much being like instrument rated pilots. Just you couldn't see more than like 20 feet through that fog. And these birds are going out to their uh, normal feeds like yeah. they do every day. And they're not struggling to go get some food. I'm like. These are coastal birds that are, they spend a lot of times on the coast. How many, how many days a year do they live in fog where they can't yeah, see anything? Right? And they're relying on their um, barks and their honks for communications. Like, That's crazy. There's more fucking shit going on with like oh, those yeah. goose vocalizations than I think. Oh, for sure. It's not just uh, like a, uh, it's not just like a, <clears throat> here, am I, here am I, where are you type of thing. Like right. they are doing some navigation. Yeah, there's a lot. I think there's a lot going on that we don't understand about um, bird navigation. It probably has to do with like magnetic fields. I think I think a lot of it has to do with their like sense of smell. And I don't think it's like smell like we think it's like smell like oh, I, right, smell, right. I smell bacon. Yeah. I think they're picking up kind of like what you talked about in that earlier episode about the, the water, um, the isotopes. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. probably molecules in the air or different things in the air and in the air currents that, you know, you look at a goose's nose and it just goes clear through. Like you can literally, you can look yeah. straight through it. So it's almost like a fish's gills, right? It's, there's a constant stream of information hitting them as they're flying. So they're probably sensing their environment around them coming through their face. At the same time, they're communicating with each other 
and it's like this whole birds are good at finding bird food I group of things yeah that I, are, like you know i think there might be some senses they have that uh, we can't detect or well, we don't know they yeah. exist well they know that like salmon and trout you know these how they pick like in the great lakes or even the oceans like with salmon and steelhead like they know the vast majority of them go back to the river in which they spawned or which they hatched out of okay so they're out in the ocean they're out in the vast expanse of the pacific uh-huh. and they know which tributary to go up to to breed and they go back to the same one they hatched out in how do they know because the chemical makeup of the water in that stream is completely different from the one just 15 miles up the road and that's how and they it's some some chemical makeup that's is crazy, printed dude. in their brain and they have the sense they have the senses to pick that up and they can tell they just know that's what drives them back to their spawning grounds so i don't think it's i think i mean I get, i'm probably getting a little too out there <laughs> i think i th- this is bro science but i feel like the way birds migrate is probably somewhat similar yes as they fly there's air currents right there's there's molecules flow around in the air and chances are they have a way of picking up these small bits of information yeah, yeah, that yeah, lead them to where they need to go, whether it's for feeding way to put it. or whether it's for breeding purposes. And I have a theory that might be completely bullshit, but there's no way to ever test it, so let's assume I'm right. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. Like if um, I feel like geese, like, you know, geese will go out to a field that's got – that's baited and it's like nine miles away from yeah, anywhere they've right. ever been. You're like, how the fuck did these geese know to go to that field? You show up there, you try to get permission. The DNR is like, Hey, you know, they had to plow this field, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You can't hunt it this year. Yeah. Fuck. Well, that's yeah, that really was a weird. fiasco. There's in geese Rochester coming from like year. every direction to that field. And um, you're like, this is so weird. How do they know? And I feel like birds do that on our, on our entire global scale. Like when a bird gets up, to migrate, it is not going to migrate to an area that is not full of nourishment for it. Like, you think it could be like a giant game of telephone where it's like, maybe, um, maybe. So, you got to think, they spend a lot of time way up, right? Mm-hmm. So, they can see a lot farther than mm-hmm. obviously we can see on the ground. Well, they're probably attracted to the movement, or they see other geese over there. They can hear their calls, mm-hmm. they can hear what they're talking about. And then that group is talking about what that group can see, mm-hmm. and that group is talking about what that group can see. So, in essence, as it goes down the line of communication, yeah. maybe that's how they're picking up what's going on 60 miles away. And they're like, bro, I heard from a guy who heard from a guy who heard from a guy who heard from a guy that there is a shit ton of corn in Rochester. Let's go. Right. <laughs> I just don't – yeah, I guess I think that if a horrible corn disease, like, wiped out a bunch of corn around Fergus Falls, I don't think a bunch of geese would show up confused. Like, well, there's corn here last year. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, what are we going to do now? <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do, Bob? Like, they just wander on the parking lot just looking like, hey, I... How do they know? Yeah. Well, you should go to college. Smell. Get a degree in bird biology and figure it out. No. <laughs> I'm going to buy cases of boss ammunition and shoot them in the face instead. I do wish I could read some of those graphs and charts and stuff they put for the smart people. With, like, the triangles and, like, crazy-ass yeah. math and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Like, this is how we know there's this many birds. Right. Do With they, the, though? The Smith's Who's going to challenge them? I mean, if they say it, we're going to believe it. I mean, right? I don't know. I'm too stupid to understand what they're saying. Yeah, me too, man. I'm kind of frustrating. <laughs> it sucks being dumb, man. It makes life a lot tougher. 
<laughs> what do you do? What's the what's that meme that says, uh, you know, being dead isn't painful for the dead. It's only painful for the living because the dead don't know they're dead. It's the same with dumb people. <laughs> dumb people don't know no, they're dumb, so it's I just don't... painful for the smart people. Yeah, I know I'm pretty dumb, though. This is a problem, man. <laughs> I, you're just smart enough to be aware of how dumb you are? Oh, oh that, is a, that is a cruel joke. I know, right? That is a cruel joke. Oh, whatever. Uh, well, Colleges for losers this, what anyway. Did this one, what did we start off with this one? This is um, this, this a teal episode? I, you I wanted totally you had, derailed you had like the teal a, episode. You had like a teal thing going well, on. Well, I was just wondering. I mean, because I think it would be cool to have a teal uh, or. I wonder, though, why we don't. Teal season this I day. asked them. Um, they don't have it in the Dakotas <clears throat> either, though, do they? No, um, but that's a different flyway. True. They're central flyway. Do they not have teal in the Dakotas? Do they not breed in the Dakotas? Yeah, they breed in the Dakotas. I don't oh, know why they don't it. have one. Have one. I don't know if it was not offered to them, maybe. Maybe in the fed in the framework, the federal yeah, framework. It might have just fallen under the Mississippi. Maybe. Could be. Um, That's actually probably most I likely. Gonna, who's that dude who does all the Minnesota DNR stuff? Steve Quartz. Quartz. Yep. I emailed him and asked him to be on a Waterfall Wednesday with us, and he's oh, like, yeah? "Hell yeah!" Oh, sweet. And that was like Kick-ass. five months ago. Oh, I'll reach out to him. Yeah, you, you should. Just, I, I like. Dude, we, we'll get him on Waterfall Wednesday, but I'd like to get him on just a regular... Dude, I could probably... Oh, yeah, yeah. We could talk to him for three hours easy. Because he's kind of been on in the center of a lot of controversy, a too. A lot. And that, I mean... He's in a tough position. And that's the DNR. Yeah. That's the DNR in general. Like, do nothing right and all this other bullshit. Like, they think the DNR is out to get him. Like, they have a really tough job of managing, like... Not only the science, not only hunters' <laughs> expectations, but non-hunter expectations. Right. State legislatures that are making laws that have nothing to do with anything, mm-hmm. but it's their hands are tied because just the way laws are structured, there are rules that come from the Capitol that the DNR can't do anything about. They can give their input, but they can be overruled because that's just how it is. So it's it's kind of bullshit. I never. But they have a that. really tough. They have a tough ass job of trying yeah. to please everybody, which we all know is impossible. But right. So they have to kind of choose their victories and and I the mean, battles they know they're going to lose. Like they just they have it's uh, they, to oof. be in a position to God. find people for not having hunting licenses. Like, I mean, which is the government just stealing your right oh to my shoot God, your own dinner here we go. and then selling <laughs> it back to you, right? No. Yeah, it is. That's a hunting license. Oh my God. Not falling for it this time, Nick. You're not going to push my buttons. You don't need a hunting license. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm okay with laws. Daily limits. Right? Yeah. If you shoot more than X amount of geese per day, that's illegal. Right. You shouldn't have to buy a hunting license to do that. Why not? Uh, because you're going to harvest your dinner and uh, eat it. And the government doesn't have a right to steal that from you. Sell it back. I'm just fucking around. I know you're fucking around because that the argument just makes no sense. You th- you don't think it makes a little sense? No, no, because it, the only not the only reason, but a huge part of the reason that those ducks are even available to you is there's a lot of public funding and conservation efforts. Yeah, that's true. That made those ducks. We were just talking about the bird thing, right? Like so, three billion birds gone except ducks and geese. Yeah. So, I mean, without that, without that public money. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't probably have things to shoot at anyways. Let's get real. It's the only public money out there that's a problem is stuff that doesn't benefit me 100 <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Could, you couldn't be more right right like it, it's uh i don't know justified i don't know i thought i was gonna get more out of you about the whole like teal versus kind of over it because i just kind of 
I don't know if I've given talking up about on pushing that. buttons, but can't you just play devil's advocate for a little bit and, and placate me and pretend like it pisses you off to have a teal season in this state? It does piss me off to not have a teal season. No, to have one. Like, you're a diehard goose hunter. Like, no, I don't want a teal season because they're going to blow out my roost. I can't and see that, people can't. People aren't good enough at identifying birds, and they're going to shoot mallards, and they're going to well, shoot wood ducks. They've proven over and over that I they know. are good enough, you know? Like, God damn it. They fly different. They're not that hard to, I mean, they're really not that hard to ID. They're tiny. There's one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've already, we've already talked about that they fly in different formations than like mallards do. And they definitely don't fly like woodies and they definitely don't sound like woodies because woodies are loud. They like to let people know when they're taking off. You going to do any crazy trips this year? Um, I don't know about crazy, but we are we we haven't decided if we're doing North Dakota or we're gonna do something like Missouri or who the fuck knows maybe go down to Texas. Yeah, that's maybe better. Go, I've never. I mean, I'd like to shoot a crane. I mean, that'd be sweet. Go to New Mexico for that. New Mexico. New Mexico. Uh, well, I know somebody, Kyle Phillips. Uh, Snow Goose hunted with him in Missouri. He runs an outfit, I think, in Texacoma area. Mm. Shoots the shit out of him. So I don't know. Might do that. Cool. The problem is that when you start getting later in the season, see, I'm an all around, all year round sportsman, so that mm. you start to really, the lines start to blur into my ice fishing season. I'm a tournament ice fishing angler, so that gets real sketchy because I have to be out there pre-fishing and scouting, and mm. I drill a lot of holes and do a lot of camera work, and so that takes. It just takes. My point is that like it's a conflict of interest. So while I would love to go on a January hunt somewhere, like that would be dope. My time is spent every bit of my spare time. I take the tournament trail very seriously, so I need to scout as often as I can. So I'm trying to just those January trips. I'm just trying to go warm, warm from now on. <laughs> you're such you're such a non-Minnesotan that way. Like you really don't like cold. I'm 33 years old. I've Bruh, been I'm working since I, I was working since I was 18, and every day of vacation I spend in the winter to go somewhere else, probably more wintry. Like no, man, I'm, <laughs> I want to. There's there's geese everywhere. Meanwhile, I'm talking about tournament ice fishing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> yeah, we don't cancel the event if it's 20 below zero. Guess what we're doing? We're fishing. Yeah. It's, Why though? Uh, because. It's fun. Okay, all right. Kind of. All right, we'll get over it. I'll get over it. <laughs> all right, fine. Well, what are your before we wrap this one? What's what are your uh, what are you thinking for crazy um, hunts this year? Uh certainly not going into the Dakotas, but um, God, I want to go to North Dakota for their early goose, but don't. Oh, see, every I'm, year I just have a goal to stay the fuck away from it, and I fail. I'm the opposite of you when it comes to like you escape cold weather. The only only reason I don't do the North Dakota early season hunt. Where There's I can a shoot lot of fif- reasons to 15. not do it. You won't shoot 15, but go ahead. Whatever. Where you can potentially shoot 15 a day. Yeah. It's 95 fucking degrees. It's, still, it's cool. It cools off at night. But, dude, it's – it. okay, I'll, I'll share. And on, then what else do you do? I'll share – hey, that – All that, day long, there ain't that shit. Goes, that goes to my idea of, like, how to make North Dakota a fun trip. And I've been trying to do this for a few years because, dudes, you go, you go to – Jamestown, North Dakota, or the surrounding fucking wasteland, and then you can spend 
a fortune on gasoline, like just scouting all over everywhere because the days are 71 hours long. <laughs> right. And then um, there, you get back to the hotel. <laughs> there's no nowhere to eat. There's nowhere to get a beer. Everything's closed because it's late. So you got set the alarms for 21 minutes later. You get up. You hunt for an hour. Yeah, and the birds fuck you. And then they're like, I'm like, how, how can we make this? Fishing, bro. Fishing. Enjoy. No, no, without that, without being gay. Um, <laughs> I mean, how can we make this you fun? want to hold my rod? Like, I've been looking at, like, uh, campsites out there with, like, uh, kayak rentals and, like, uh, on the Missouri River maybe. Mm. And there's some fields around. Maybe there'd be some geese on it. Like, if you could just do something fun with just a smattering of goose hunting, like in the, an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon, to scout well, or hunt. A, if you could get on a 30-bird feed and shoot five, ten of them, that would be as successful as you could possibly get. Talk about gay pastimes, but I think they have golf courses out there. I mean, I don't golf, but I mean. Oh, yeah, if you golfed or something like that, yeah, find an activity to do out there because it's, it's, it's a, man, you can spend a lot of money. It is the worst investment on your hunting dollar. Like, I Feels I feel so guilty. You go spending. far enough west, you can go shoot prairie dogs. Yeah, you could do that too. Um, I just feel guilty spending my money on this when I could spend it on right anything else. <laughs> anything, <laughs> literally like, anything in else. Terms of, but also, um, <laughs> in, people know that in North Dakota you can uh, hunt any field that's not posted. You can also camp there. So I've been always considering, like, all right, I'll just bring a tent. I'll have my coolers full of meals packed. I do not want to invest anything. Like, I don't want to take a day of vacation. I don't want to spend a dollar to make a North Dakota thing happen because it's just such. Is it? But is it worth camping? I think, like, the small motels out there are, like, 35 bucks a night. Dude, they're fucking cheap. And you've already told tales. You just go to the bar and you can sleep at yeah, some crazy true. old oh, guy's house oh, for free. God, oh. <laughs> I feel so bad for, for people that are doing it, like, for their first time and hauling out, like, a big trailer from, like, Kentucky, like, we're going to do North Dakota. Like, oh, my God, good luck, fellas. I hope you do good. I really do. I met some kids out there one, uh, two years ago, though. It was their first time there. I'm like, how'd you guys do today? And they said, we got 21. I was like, holy fucking shit. Are you guys kidding me? Like, oh, I was a little disappointed. I was like, you fucking 21 in August, North Dakota? That's I bet pretty you could, damn good. I bet this year, though, with the reports of how good the hatch is, if it's anything out there like it is here, Hey, I'd be able to get 15 a day this year. Those, you will always see the lottery winners. Those pictures of the lottery winners always pop up on social <laughs> media. True. You know, this like those, true. the mega yeah. millions, and this dude's got 115 that day or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, There's it, a reason I didn't make a big post about my the last tournament I just fished because there ain't nothing to post about. Yeah, so. um, um, there's there's guys that hit the lottery. It could be you, and you, it won't be if you're in, unless you're in not, not in North Dakota. Right. You know? So can't win if you don't buy a ticket, bro. Oh, but every time I'm going out there, it's like not again. How did I do this? <laughs> I, I, What's wrong with me? I lied to myself yet oh. again. Oh no! But it is a uh, um, horrible. So yeah. where? But so where are? Do you want to go? Well, I got the Louisiana thing going on. The teal season. Yeah, okay. Uh huh. And then I've got a um, a special October hunt for some a subspecies of cackling goose on a coastline. That'll be dope. I think we're going to meet Brad Cochran out there. Oh, I think of the you? Dave Smith decoys. Yeah, you talked about that. Company and uh, um, should get them on the podcast. That's the only, and then probably my uh, Nebraska trip with Nebraska my bro. For you sure. know what I should do? I need to get some more headphones. I should get a couple more headphones, and I sh I have my my um, my Zoom four, the one I used to use, my little portable one, mm -hmm. and I should be sending that with you on these little vacations of yours, and you should be going out there and getting content. 
should be doing podcasts while you're out there. What? Bro. I don't get paid for these, Byron. I me either. I told you, once I start getting paid, Dude, what's up I'll with share the, the wealth. mail, man. What? The mail's all taken for forever. COVID, bro. <sighs> Damn, it sucks. I'm waiting on some goose it's calls. Dirty Rona. I sent some goose calls to a guy in Louisiana, three-day package. He said he got it like yesterday. But there's other things like getting really fast. Like I ordered... Um, it's more efficient shit to United did, but one was this is Yolotech. It's a thing that hooks into your navigation light thing. It powers your GoPros. I ordered that. Came in like two days. Ordered some fishing shirts. Two days. I didn't think I was gonna get them like in time, you know, for when I was going fishing. Yeah. And boom, they're there. I was like, holy shit, that was fast. But then yeah, other things are like taking forever in a year. Right. So I don't know what the deal is. I don't have my finger on the pulse of the the shipping world. I don't. Know. I have no idea. Me neither. What else? That's it. Teal season. Bar-headed geese. Let's do it. <laughs> what about them? I don't know. Just throwing out words. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Bahama pintails. We're just naming how many different kinds we can think of. Have you ever heard of wildlife ecology and conservation? Uh, yeah. That journal? I don't get it. Can you subscribe to it? That'd be a fun Yeah, you one. can. I yeah. I, I just that. discovered it myself. That would be, uh, I have heard of it, though. I mean, I think I've seen like I think excerpts it's a can- can- of it. Like a Canadian publication, isn't a it? Canadian? Canadian. A Canadian. I don't know. Uh, what? Well, how long are we gone? Uh, we can wrap this one up. It's 38 minutes. We should remind people, though, that like if you have a particular subject or questions, we should do that someday. We, we should can just, start out. We should do like a 20 questions for Nick J kind of a thing and just literally go down, do a quick fire one. All right. I mean, that'd be, I mean, that would take like, well, it'd be more than a minute. That'd be a 30 minute episode because oh, it'd be more easily. than, it'd be more than a minute per question. So that would, that would be kind of a fun one. Just do a, rapid fire session and do our best to not go off on tangents about Russian subcultures. Dude, we never looked up, I never looked up Russian spring, Russian (laughs) goose hunting. And here we go. (laughs) Well, I mean, we got it. So before we go, (laughs) comrade over here is going to look up, uh, spring goose hunting in the spring Russian goose hunt. We'll, we'll organize a, a full scale, subscriber trip safety and numbers that way we know we'll be more likely to return alive dude we're fine man i speak criminal I I speak. <laughs> i'll get some i'll get some of those like nylon sleeve tattoos they look pretty real actually i have a yeah set. they do Hooskies in russia book your hunt.com <laughs> book your hunt come shoot the white geese what are you finding? What do you got? Guided Russian hunts. Capricallis. I think you can still use lead over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Minimum 100 to 150 shots a day per hunter. That's a lot of shots. That's a lot of shots, bro. Comrade. Hunter's Club Russia. What What time of a calendar Whoa, year that is a saying? big old pile of dead geese, though. For <laughs> real. What kind of geese? Uh, it's a little tough to tell in that uh, photo Everything, whatever. If it flies, it dies. They're pretty much the country of it flies, it dies. That's what I gathered from the two Russians okay. I hunted with. Well, it says April fifteenth to April twenty four in spring. That does not make sense. Yeah, I mean, we can do that for snows here. That's not that big of a deal. You're gonna have to hit me with some like exotic species, or I'm not getting that excited. Um. Yeah, is that, it the, that, what, is it the bar-headed ones that fly over the Himalayas? Himalayas. <clears throat> yeah, That's I think nuts, they, you can hunt dude. those in pack. 
Can you? Pakistan. Yep. Pakistanis are big on hunting. They're pretty. I looked into those red-breasted goose hunting too. By the way, I've looked into that before. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. But it's fucking Europe. I mean, so oh, somebody <laughs> I had an email. I didn't read it though. They're they're starting to uh, copy America now, and they're gonna they're start, starting to they're starting to get it. They're, they're starting, starting to like figure out that they should probably count their together, birds. Yeah, and, yeah, and like, uh, but we got to get there and get there fast. Yeah, they're gonna have laws soon. There might even be they're somebody. Gonna- have laws soon they're gonna be like having people that'll maybe even enforce them oh man uh, can't have that oh uh, you could probably still bribe them for a few more years you'd think right <laughs> what <laughs> i don't know it depends on the country i just suppose just make me feel better there's got to be some place where we can do lawless goose hunting oh, lawlessness yeah how come mexico doesn't have geese i mean they do you can get away with anything down there with lots enough of, american dollars Lots and lots of geese in Russia. I mean, they turned a lot of blind eyes down there with some. They have less these days, though. Um, But yeah, there's areas in Mexico that are stacked in the highlands, like the kind of like central part there, and a lot of uh, greater white fronts, Ross geese, lesser snow geese. They go that far, huh? Shoot, hell yeah, they Hmm. do. Like way further than you'd think. Like some go to Cancun, not a lot. Senior frogs. It's mm-hmm. like those foam parties. That's what I heard. Both, both, uh, like, uh, edges of the coast, the West Andes coast, have a bunch of geese on them, and then um, the Central Highlands do too. You want to go to uh, Baja and shoot brants? Um, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> You're getting warm weather. You're getting a cool bird with a high band ratio. I mean. Let's do it. <laughs> that would be pretty badass. They also have really kick-ass fishing there, too, so, you know. Okay. Get you in some saltwater, big game fishing. That'd be sweet. Dude, it's tough when you start looking at these, like, really sketchy. Uh, Everything um, in Russia? Like, yeah, websites like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my cousin Peter. We'll pick you up at the airport. My cousin Peter will pick you up. Are you traveling with women with large breasts? That's the payment. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I do not know. Here's a fucking crazy thing that I didn't know uh, they did in Arkansas. Anytime there's a gap in their seasons, like a like a break or a, um, what am I trying to say? Like the, there's four days off during the waterfall season where there's no hunting. Okay. The zones or whatever. Yeah. They implement the sp- light goose conservation order. Oh, it kicks in for yeah. like four days. Yes. And you can do <clears throat> tubes. And e-callers. Yeah, there. I did run into that this spring, um, and it kind of, it actually kind of fucked up the guiding because their youth day. Okay. Yeah. Was open on like the or their weekend was like. Yep. Early goose started, or not? You know, the spring season started. Conservation order. Then there was that weekend, and then it picked up again. But all ducks were open during, um, you know, that weekend. Like, it was a regular waterfall season. And so, I don't think it wasn't for the whole... I think it was just a Saturday. But because that one... For that one Saturday, unless you're youth, you can't hunt. So, you can't snow goose hunt. So, people are like, oh, we want to go down. We want to do Louisiana, you know, snow goose hunt, conservation order. But we're not going to go this weekend because there's that one day we can't hunt. Hmm. So, they just like... That whole... Nobody books the week before and nobody books the week after. Eh, that sucks. Because of that one day you can't hunt. You know, are you against like, the youth day all sucks. of a sudden here? No, I'm not really against it. I'm not. I'm not really against it. It's not really a pro or a con. It's just like 
I understand from a guides or an outfitter standpoint that it sucks because it's it's killing a whole you know what I don't understand time frame for them to book hunts. Here's a completely nonsense um, uh, argument against guides that I've heard before is like all these guides they just want to increase the limits to like five birds each. No, the fuck they don't. They want it to be one goose per group. You know yeah, who the hell wants to do that? Doesn't make any sense. No. Not that's, at all. I've never even heard somebody say that. that's just ignorant. Yeah, dude. I don't know. People always say weird stuff about guides, you know, like and how they're ruining things. Uh, they become they they become the other people. I mean, it's an easy thing to blame. It's this big bad thing. Like if they have a bad hunt, it's not because they're just shitty at scouting. It's just because yeah. they, you know, those Pe- guides. that guide leased up that land. That's why we can't. That's why we're not getting anything. First of all, if a guide leased a piece of land, that means you can hunt it. Like, all you gotta do is book a hunt with that guide, right? right? Just yeah, cost money. Yeah, so now all of a sudden, a, a piece of a uh, a piece of land became accessible to many more people than it <laughs> otherwise right. would have been. One M- many times, somebody more did the work for you. Yeah, somebody did the work for you. In fact, you. he's gonna do all the work for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of it. It's gonna cost you 150 bucks. And uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of least, all the money you spend on duck hunting, goose hunting. There's a if you can't make the amount of money plus $1 out of a field, you don't lease it. Right. And guides don't have, you know, millions of dollars to just drop on leases. Nope. I don't know. I just don't get all those arguments. But like you said, a scapegoat. Yeah, it's it's an easy – it's just an easy target. It's it's like right there, easy for them to just grab at. It doesn't have to make sense. I mean, you just go That's what I'd it. rather bitch about other than teal. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that could be a subject for another time. We should we should comp um guide a comprise a list of like common bitches we hear about duck and goose hunting in the waterfowl world that are completely erroneous. Yeah. And we'll just shoot holes in these stupid it could be anything. Like we talked about it, like the I heard it this spring, hummingbirds yeah, yeah, hitch rides too. on Canada, you know, shit like that. Like we should we should do one episode which is just waterfall debunking waterfall myths. Mm. That'd be a good one. That'll take a little bit of research. Oh yeah, I like that research. That one'll be fun. We'll do that. And with that, let's sign this one off. Holy shit, it's almost fifty minutes. Alright. Bye. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they are not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening, whatever your passion, especially if it's waterfowl, pursue it full scale. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.